Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you on Monday night following the Mavericks getting absolutely walked by the Toronto Raptors, 116-93. to Josh, I would ask you how you're doing, but I have to read this tweet from ESPN Stats and Info, and then we can start. Tim Hardaway Jr. went 0 for 12 from the floor tonight, the single, uh, the worst single game performance in Mavericks history. His father holds the NBA record for most misses without a make, going 0 for 17 with the Warriors in 1991. Oh Josh, my gosh. How- <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. God. Oh. Well, um, I don't know. Uh, this is a very frustrating and disappointing loss, but it's hard for me to get mad considering the circumstances. And I think I have like a diatribe I might want to write uh, this week. Mm. But yes, I think not necessarily like ranting, just kind of like the Mavericks have been really unlucky this season. In a weird, it, well, not all the way unlucky, but just like it feels like uh, they just haven't had an opportunity to fire on all cylinders, which some of that is self-inflicted uh, with Luca not showing up uh, to start the season as someone of his stature probably should. And then the COVID stuff. And it's just mm-hmm. like, man, like when you think about it, I, I mean, I'm, I know I'm, I'm already getting into like bigger picture topic discussions. I'm sorry, but I just, I've just been thinking okay. about it. But like you think about the beginning of the season and they, they start off two and four. And a lot of it is because, you know, no KP and then no KP plus Luca. I mean, let's, we're not trolling like i know people want to say that we're like trolling or making fun of but he he, luca wasn't ready to start the season he was out of shape for whatever reasons it was that's just the truth he did not look good to start the first handful of games and this the team starts two and four and then luca starts getting it going getting into gear team starts turning it around a little bit and kp is ready to come back and then boom they get hit by covid uh and this covid outbreak and it's just a shame that it feels like they're they're going through two different kind of stretches of, of struggling, one of which, you know, they had to struggle out the gate with Luca not performing uh, at, at his peak. Uh, and then as soon as he looks like, man, he looks right back to first-team All-NBA Luca, they're down five rotation players, three starters. Like, they can't really catch a break right now. Yeah. I mean, and they were down six starters last night with Tim Hardaway sitting with whatever was wrong with his groin. And I think they meet, you know, following his play against the Raptors, they they may need to examine his groin, his hands, his eyesight, his brain. He was so fucking bad, I don't even know what to do with him. It was you know, His last shot attempt was a garbage drive where he got blocked before he even jumped. I know I, I shouldn't pick on Hardaway. But I'm going to because anytime you shoot 12 times and miss 12 times, you really like like it's just impressive. Like his history making bad. I don't know. I, I there's just a lot we could talk about with this game because you know when you look at you look at the good. The only real good that I saw from this game, as in as a whole, was the fact that Kristaps Porzingis played 32 minutes, scored 23 points, grabbed nine boards, uh, only five of them on uh, only five of them on defense. He he played a, he looked a little bit more like the Chris Stapps Porzingis that that I have have come to hope for 
uh, I, I tend to take every every good KP game as a bonus game. He hit two of five from three. One of them was a below the break three. He has connected on all four of his threes below the break this season, which means above the break, he's something horrendous that I, I don't, you know, I'm, I would like to talk about it at a different time because it upsets me because I, <laughs> you know, well, no, I'm just going to talk about it now. Um, okay. If you're going to shoot a distance three, then you need to be drawing the defense out. And he's shooting like four feet behind the arc with no one near him. And he's not making them, uh, at least not making them yet. And and I think there's an argument for the fact that he might make them yet at some point because he, he's a average three-point shooter uh, statistically. And so, but it just, it frustrates me a little bit to watch, but he had, he had a, probably the only good Mavs game. Um, Luca looked like Kobe against the Phoenix Suns in game seven in like 2006, where he was <laughs> trying to make a point for most of the game where you're passing out to the, the, you know, the Acme bricklaying company and just watching how bad some of these guys are at open shots is just disgusting. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I waffle on how much I defend Luca, but watching James, you know, James Johnson and granted, this is, this is all an extension of the COVID. I understand this, but watching guys, NBA players miss open shots badly is just upsetting to me. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You, you, you talk for a while. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This was a weird Luca game. He got up 11 shots in 35 minutes. Uh, sorry if you heard a clash behind me. That was my small dog that knows how to open doors. Um, <laughs> can he play? Can he play for the Bat Mavericks? Can he uh, hit open three? He's feisty. He'll get. A, he'll be aggressive at least and physical. Yeah, I don't think he can shoot though. Okay. Uh, he can catch. He probably has better hands than Collie Stein. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just oh, oh for three. You know, oh for three on threes. Four of eleven from the field. I mean, 11 shots in 35 minutes is a pretty crazy uh, uh, number ratio for, for Luca, And that's why I think you brought up, you know, making a point, trying to pass. He also looked tired, you know. He pretty much did everything he could in that Chicago game. Uh, and he kind of left everything he could out there in, in that game on Sunday. And so he'd seen, like, he was visibly just, he just didn't have it as much. And also the the Raptors were very much... There were some possessions where the Raptors were playing him like the Mavericks played James Harden last year, where they just were like, screw it, we'll trap you as soon as you start a dribble move or as soon as you start a pick and roll. We'll trap you 28 feet from the basket. We don't really care about what's behind us because what's behind us is Tim Hardaway Jr. 0 for 12, uh, James Johnson 2 of 6 from 3, um, Wessa one to oh oh four from three. Trey Burke two of six from three. Josh Green uh, nineteen minutes didn't even shoot a three. Uh, you know, I just the Raptors were not too too concerned. And Jalen Brunson had like a really nice stretch. I think in the third quarter, or the second quarter, I second can't remember. Quarter, I wasn't watching. That was the yeah. joke. I was doing work. Yeah, and, and then, then I, I tuned back in to see him <laughs> uh, uh, just you know travel on an open catch and shoot. Yeah, and it was just the Raptors had no – they had absolutely zero fear of anyone else doing anything uh, outside of Luka. And when you look at the roster, you can't really blame them. And you think about the three guy, the three main guys that are out. Uh, I won't mention Dwight Powell because I don't want to get yelled at. But, no, um... no, we should because you know what? There's <laughs> even a, like, there's a running gag on Twitter tonight where people were actually calling for Dwight Powell. At least I think it was a gag. But, you know, it's like – 
you know, you say a lot. Like, like I, I do. I want to talk about that. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Willie Colley Stein has shown us the last two games why he has not been able to stick anywhere. I don't want to kick the guy while he's down and get upset with him the way I would get upset with uh, with my boy Justin Jackson last year. Watching Willie Colley Stein float for two straight games is painful. The man has converted seventy percent of his dunks. He was. He, he, he's 17 for 24 on the year on dunks, you guys. Dwight Powell shot better from the restricted area as a whole last season, which is yes. kind of funny. Yes. And, <laughs> and it, there's just, we've seen, you know, he, he Willie Collins time played a key part in a huge victory in Denver and has since really just shown why he's not been a consistent player. He's not bad, but he, he thinks what he thinks he should be doing as evidenced by his four turnovers and what the Mavericks want him to be doing, which is roll hard, play hard, dunk the ball, rebound, and don't get lost is just really confusing. And I don't know how you get to that point, but that's really, that's just, that's just the deal. He's kind of emblematic of, of the back end of the bench here, but this is why they're back into the bench players. Right. And, and it's a shame because, Willie Cauley-Stein, Wesuwundu, and Josh Green, if their team is at full strength, they they are getting what? The Cauley-Stein got 19 minutes, Wundu got 17, Green got 19. Those three guys are getting a total of 15 minutes, like mm-hmm. if everything is going right and normal. Yep. So it's just a shame because it's like we were mad, you know, I don't know how to feel because I'm obviously mad that the Mavericks lost another game. I'm mad that they're six and seven. I'm mad that when uh, it's uh, March or April or whenever, I can't remember when the regular season ends this season, but whenever the regular season is winding down and the Mavericks are straddling that six, seventh seed line and they're thinking and they're on the, on the fence of being in that play in tournament, which would be very terrifying. And we're going to look back to these games and be like, man, this this is kind of why and it's hard you know you're missing so many guys due to covid luca wasn't ready to start the season and you just lose some games that you don't think you should and it's a shame and it's like it's hard to get mad because it's like well if maxi were playing collie stein probably plays 10 10 minutes tonight and maxi has been so good from three that maybe the raptors aren't trapping luca as hard like you just kind of start it's like that dom- you've seen that that meme of the guy doing dominoes with the big one the small ones and the big ones at the very end. It's kind of like that. Like I'm thinking of like all the ramifications of what would happen God. if these guys would be playing. Luca just uh, Luca's giving a quote. Uh he's talking to the media right now and he just said when I drive the ball every time I see four people in the paint, that's why I only take 11 shots. <laughs> that's good. He's mad. He should be. He should be. He should be mad at the Mavs. He should be mad at some of his teammates because this is the other thing. You're right about these guys, but these few games have been an opportunity to step up, and no one has. Yeah. The Raptors suck. The Bulls (laughs) suck. And, And they lost to both of them. So what does that say about these guys, and what does that say about the Mavericks? Yeah, I don't know, but um yeah, I don't I don't know cuz like I can't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, but then the part of my brain is like we if they have the the we need to see the varsity. Yes. Like this is my thing is if we when these guys come back because it's clear Luca is kind of over the early season struggles. So you think that they're probably going to have everyone back within the next week, you would hope. Yeah. So if they get everyone back by next week, 
And then by then, you've Porzingis, Porzingis has had you know more than a handful of games under his belt. So you think, okay, maybe you know maybe you've given Porzingis time to ease his way back in. You get all these guys back, and basically, if they don't go on a winning run, then then that's when I'll like if they still are dropping games like this and in, in the Chicago game and still playing like that when when Maxi and Finney Smith and Richardson uh, and Powell when all those guys are back that's when I'll start maybe sounding some alarms, but it's just hard for me to do it until these guys get back because I don't know. It's just, well, let's, let's actually, let's have, let's, let's see if there are any real takes away from this other than being frustrated about the lack of depth. I, for one am off of James Johnson Island, for example. I, I don't know. He still played with the bench and, and I, I just, I don't feel like he is, he's been bad in a way that's been particularly revealing about maybe it's the position they're playing him at. So with the wolves, he played like backup five, he played a lot of five, a lot of five. And so with the Mavericks, he's been bringing the ball up the court. And, you know, I called for this at one point I have to, you know, it's not letting anybody listen to me, but earlier in the season, like I wanted this because I don't like watching Brunson just drive down, dibble dabble and shoot. Um, But, you know, his turnovers are up it's it's just it's kind of painful watching him i mean he was a negative 20 tonight after being negative like negative 20 last night like that's not like individual game plus minus sucks but it's it's something i i just i'm i'm sort of concerned about him and and is that too much you know given what we've seen well i think what's tough with him is that he is not a reliable shooter and if they're playing him a lot at the four Mm-hmm. that means he is sharing a lot of time with the center. And if it's not Chris, like if he's sharing the floor at the four and then Willie Colley Stein is, is at the five, they're toasts. Like they don't, they just don't have enough shooting. And especially when you look at the backcourt and you look at Hardaway Jr. 0 for 6, like why would the Raptors do anything but double Luca and, and just ignore these guys? Yeah, he was two of six and he's had some moments. He's had a couple of games where he's knocked in some shots, but he he's what is he he's shooting 32 percent on the season he's shooting 34 percent in january 34.8 percent in january that's not like a terrible number like you probably live with that if, if you get some of the other stuff out of him like some defense and some some passing but he's he doesn't sh- defenses will never treat him like they'll treat him like he's shooting 28 like 20 percent so and the way he shoots, like <laughs> this is now I'm kind of getting rambly, but I'm I'm losing focus. But <laughs> his shot is kind of funky. Like he looks like he just flings it up. Like every time he shoots a three pointer, it looks like he's shooting a three pointer for the first time. Yeah, yeah, uh, like, it's like a, a rainbow shot, but not Dirk. Yeah, he he looks like me in high school when I would finally get a chance to shoot. Like, because I never shot past you know the elbow or mid range, and I was pretty. <laughs> yeah, we were allowed to back in the day, right? And I was pretty good at those, but I just didn't shoot a lot of threes. And the thing that like is crazy, like if you don't play a lot of basketball, is like shooting threes. It's not just like hard because of the dis, like because it's you know distance thing, but like it's tiring. Like you really, like, holy crap, the basket is really far away, and like you have to put way more into it. And it, it kind of looks like that. It looks like he's like he's like, oh crap, I'm really far away. I have to put a little bit more oomph on this. And he kind of launches a rainbow. But that's besides the point. Like, like I said, I just don't think he's a feared enough shooter. And when they're playing him at the four, if they're not playing Przingis next to him at the five, then things get awfully tight. I might need to go back and, and look at some of the clips from this game and see how often he was playing with Przingis. Because yeah. then it, it doesn't matter as much. But I think if they could they could uh minimize that a little bit if they played him as a true 
uh, backup five because then he can screen and roll. And I would really love to see him screen and be like a little mini Draymond Green, you know, catching catching the ball four on three uh, at the free throw line. Like that seems like where his game, like that's he seems very capable of being able to to handle that role. But when he's playing as a four, like the Mavericks don't involve their four in a lot of actions. Like look at KP when he plays the four and before Dwight Powell got hurt, we were talking about, man, all he does is just kind of come off screens and spot up. And then when he played the five, oh man, he's screening, he's rolling, he's getting these touches in the elbow. He's doing all this stuff that's not just shooting, like he's just getting more touches. I wonder if that's kind of what's going on with Johnson too, because he plays a lot of four and the Mavericks offense just doesn't move their four around a lot. So maybe that's kind of what's, maybe that's something to look into. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's (laughs) some simple solutions to this. I mean, the Mavericks have played nine of 13 games away. Yeah, that's stupid for a team uh, with a COVID outbreak. That also seems it's just uh, it's very grindy. Yeah, I I I do. I am I waffle on on green just because I'm very of the moment. I will say against the the Raptors tonight, he played a, a interesting game. He still makes such hilariously glaring mistakes that it's a, you know it's the guy's 19 doesn't have a ton of of organized basketball under his belt but there are moments where you see the tools that that got people excited and then there are moments where it's like are we sure he was introduced to basketball prior to this moment it's uh, but that I, i'm glad to get the minutes i'll say that i, I i'm glad yeah. that he, he played 19 minutes he's played he played 32 minutes last night i think um so there's there's just something i like it is is what i'm saying yeah he needs to play more uh i'm kind of done i'm kind of done giving like takes on him because it's like it's it's fucking crazy right now i can't stand it like there's (laughs) it is it is absolutely impossible right now to go out into uh you know the anywhere. Yeah, yeah and it, it's impossible our, our to say all it yeah it's impossible to say hey josh green's playing poorly but i still like him and i still think he has a future because you because people just see he's playing poorly and you go oh well he's only played so many minutes and if you've looked at his closeouts and if you've broken down how many times he stick to and i'm like dude i don't care like he hasn't like i he'll be fine like that's like no one can can have these two kind of thoughts and mish, mash them together like he he hasn't played necessarily great in the first handful of games he's gotten, but that's okay because he hasn't played a ton and he hasn't gotten a ton of minutes until very recently. And he's a young guy and he should be good in the next couple of years. And that was evident when they, like when he drafted him, pretty much everyone was like, he might not be ready this year, but give him some time. He has the tools. He can figure some stuff out if the Mavericks can develop him. Like he'll be fine. So I'm kind of tired of like breaking down his game. Like it's a Zap Ruder film because like, I just don't care enough um, because it's not worth the, the noise you get on the other end. Yeah. Uh, he like, I just, all I care about with Josh Green right now for his rookie season is just get minutes because that's the only, he's definitely the type of guy that just, he needs to see NBA basketball as much as possible so he can get used to it. So he doesn't look like a baby bird at, out there at times, which is typical for a lot of rookies. It's not, yeah. you know, that's not just him. So as long as he's getting time, I'm, I'm happy. And then we'll, we'll wait and see once we have an actual legitimate uh, sample size to, to judge from there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want us to think about, I don't know how much we should talk about it because it just doesn't matter in the big picture, but Luca being irritated and him having every right to be 
is really something that I feel there's like just certain inflection points in a given basketball career where you can say, okay, that's when this thing happened. We're not near that with Luca, but I can't help but feel very vindicated about our last two off seasons worth of takes where you and I get called names, where we get told, you know, where we're kind of told that we're idiots, that the Mavs know that what they're doing, that these players are better than you think. I am not an expert, but I do know basics. And some of this has just been telegraphed. Now, the COVID thing is the one wrench. I'm going to be curious to see what happens when these guys come back because we were already kind of watching a shooting regression from Hardaway and from Dorian Finney-Smith, which is a big chunk of their threes. Uh, Richardson has not looked particularly great from three, so there's just a little bit of, 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 of me being a huge I-told-you-so guy on the horizon. And I don't want that. I would much, much rather be wrong and the Mavericks pay off in a big way. But I've just got to say that, that you know, through, it feels like the Mavs have left some on the table, I think is really the best way to phrase it. Because they're still good. They were good last year. But there's just some some opportunities missed, I think. Is that too much? No, I think, I, think uh, I, can, I can get on board with that. Uh What's funny is Hardaway, I think, was shooting forty three percent from three in January. Coming, that's gonna, oh, yeah. it's gonna go uh, down a little bit after. T- <laughs> no. But he only shot six times from distance. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think the thing is with me, the thing that's really confusing to me is I don't want to get into this the off season of twenty nineteen again because we can maybe have that conversation later when it doesn't seem as as dire, or maybe when it when it actually is dire, and we could save it for then. Sure. Yeah, uh, but I will. I will say, just seeing what they're getting uh, out of their front court and thinking about what they could do with that mid-level exception, and just the kind of, just the yeah, let's bring back Will, like, let's bring back Willie Cauley Stein for four million. When not only do I think he doesn't get four million from any other team in the NBA, I don't even know if he gets a contract from a team uh, if the Mavericks don't re-sign him. Now maybe that's a crazy hot take because. Kirk, you and I both know that general managers just they seven footers get more chances than they, 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 they deserve. Do. So maybe he does, but I it's just like when you look at where this team was, and it's like, okay, we're not gonna have KP uh to start the season. Dwight's coming off an Achilles. Maybe they got maybe they were just falling in love with what Dwight was doing in, in workouts, and they and they love Dwight for how hard he works. But you know, you got Porzingis coming off the surgery, not gonna be ready. You got Pal on an Achilles, and you know that they, Lord knows, they know what that means with Wes Matthews and how he looked when he first came back. Uh, and then your other bigs, you know, Maxi, who is probably better as a backup five or, or a four. You know, he's not necessarily a guy you want to be your five for for thirty minutes a night. And then you have Boban, who is just physically incapable of playing basketball for very long stretches because he's just, the human body was not made to be that large and play professional basketball for more than 15, 20 minutes at a time. So knowing all that, the fact that they just kind of, I don't know if it was defeatist or they're just like, yeah, let's just bring Willie Cauley Stein back for four. When they, there was opportunities for them to do something with that mid-level. They gave Trey Burke three. So they had about six left. They could have, they could have done something. I don't know what they could have done 
and what's what sucks is I think they know it because you know the reports came out that they were going after Marcus All pretty hard for their mid-level yep. exception, and then Marcus All kind of turned them down after you know typical Mavericks agent story. They're kind of <laughs> earmarking their money for someone who strings them along, and then says no, and then by the time he says no, you know, I mean, I think Willie Cauley Stein might have been one of the only options left. But if they would have just been a little more aggressive with that, uh, I think I would have felt a little bit better because like it's just so it's just so evident. Like he's just not in every game. Like he'll give you some games, Collie Stein, as evidence as we've seen in the last week, but he will he will do what he did tonight. He'll do what he did against the Bulls. Like he's just not a guy you can rely on. And it was I don't know, it just seemed pretty obvious that they needed someone to fill in the gaps uh the first month or so of the season at the five spot. And for them to kind of just bring back Willie Cauley-Stein is a little disappointing. So that's kind of like my, that's kind of what's frustrating about me, but everything else I'm with you, but I'm also, I want to see what this team looks like uh, when everyone comes back. And then if we still see performances typical to what we saw here tonight, what we saw against the Bulls twice, uh, then that's when the alarm bells will start going. Yeah. What I hate is that these feel like the kind of games when it's game 68 and there's three or yes. four, you know, whatever games left in the schedule. And you're looking back and you're like, man, the Mavericks are a six seed. They could be a four seed if they had only done blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, ugh. I uh, and that's, that's where I'm kind of going to struggle as, as the year goes around. Now I will say, so the Mavericks started last season, 16 and six, and then closed the rest of the year playing 500 basketball. What if, they, I, I almost want to do a 20 game comparison because you know, 20 games is pretty illustrative of, of where you're going to go during the season, and it wasn't mm-hmm. for the Mavericks last year, but historically, it's it's a pretty good marker. Um, I'm going to be interested to see where the Mavericks are around game 20, 20 or so, and, and it's going to be worth you know thinking about because I don't know, maybe it's the eternal optimist in me <laughs> that <laughs> thinks the you know, what if this is the crap part. Like what if yeah. this is the part of the season that sucks, and then it, at a certain point we hit like a thirty-game patch where things are awesome? I mean, it would not shock me. I mean, Luca, like Luca, was not great in those first six games. It started two and four, and then he starts getting into a mojo, and the team, like half the team, gets COVID, basically, or gets put into protocols. Like, I'm really curious to see what the Luca we saw, you know, against the Bulls, the Luca we saw. Uh, against the Nuggets, like that Luca, which we didn't see in the first five or five or so games, combined with the guys they're missing, like I'll just be. I want to see what that looks like, and then we'll see from there. Because I, I think you might be onto something. Maybe this is the crappy part of the season, and they're about to go on a run here when uh, the roster uh, shapes up. Well, that's about what we're gonna have to do, and what we're gonna have to hope for. Because here's the thing: for anyone that's only <laughs> casually paying attention, the basketball does not stop. No. The Mavericks play Wednesday against the Indiana Pacers. A good Pacers team. They're a good Pacers team, but they're also expecting Karis LeVert to be able to play as a result of that trade, and he's out indefinitely with a mass in his kidney. Though, they're just the kind of team that's built to beat the crap out of the Mavericks. Um, yeah, Sabonis could have quite the Sabonis game. Sabonis is going to have a huge game unless <laughs> unless like Maxi Kleba comes back. Then they play the Spurs on, and these are also more away games. Good Lord. I know it's it's crazy. 
it's crazy. I think they play like all their games at home in February, though. Yeah, yeah it's like nine of ten. It's something incredible. Then yeah. they play Houston, or they play San Antonio and Houston on back to back Friday, Saturday, and then they come home and play Denver. And they don't have. I mean, just kind of looking ahead on the schedule here, they don't have a two day break. They might not have a two. Yeah, they don't have a two day break until mid February. <laughs> so it's it's every it's at least every other day yeah. yeah so there's no rest for the wicked and they're gonna have to figure out how to how to grind through this yeah and indiana san antonio two good teams denver is good then utah twice uh that then phoenix twice like it's they don't have any like they're not playing washington or they're not playing detroit like none of those teams are on the horizon but I remember they lost that first game against Chicago, and I was looking at, looking at the schedule, and I was like, oh, man, you know, Houston, Denver, Orlando, who's pretty feisty, Charlotte, who's feisty, you know, New Orleans. I was like, oh, no, and then they won four in a row. So maybe that happens this time. We'll see. Well, either way, you and I are going to be back because yes. in a normal year, in a normal year, we might have the opportunity to take time off, but you and I don't go anywhere or do anything. <laughs> no, so we we're <laughs> So we're going to be back online again Wednesday night. And uh, till then, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thanks for rating and responding. I At one point, I'm going to read some of our iTunes reviews because one a, a few of them have absolutely tickled me to death. Um, we appreciate all the support we've gotten, and we will talk to you guys in a few days.